Good morning, church. Are we all going well? All right. So this week we are continuing the series that Joel was uh, talking about. This series started two weeks ago. I hope everybody remembers that. Faith Under Fire. And this is the third teaching in that series. And our hope and prayer as as a teaching team when we were preparing uh, this series was for the Lord to give us the keys to standing firm in the face of fire and and adversity so that we can use those keys to triumph through uh, any challenge that may come across in our life. And this morning, the story we are looking at is found in the book of Daniel chapter 3, and this is one of those sermons where we have to read uh, the whole chapter. And this is also uh, a sermon where faith is being tested in the face of a literal fire. So buckle up and uh, let's read from verse 1 to 23 of the book of Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all of the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all of the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that all the time that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sounds of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all the kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. 
Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in, in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And I would like to stop here, but that's not the full chapter. We will, we will continue later on. Thank you for your patience. And what a faith in God in display in this story. And the historical background a brief one is that the people of Israel at this time are in Babylon, in the land of captivity. So the prophet Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were also in the land of Babylon together with their people. And they have been held under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar, who was one of the most powerful kings at the time and authoritarian, as we, as we just read. So from the outset, you can see that this story is not a story of confrontation between equal contenders. There is a massive imbalance of power between the king, Nebuchadnezzar, whose decree is kept to the letter, and the three young men who were mere captives in the land of captivity. And it was as if their fate and their life depended on his words. All right? If the king said it, that's it for them. They could be killed. So considering this massive imbalance of power between the king and the three men who were captives in the land of captivity and the overwhelming nature of the situation, it is really surprising to see these three young men speaking in confidence and with a determined heart. Just imagine how terrifying it would be to stand in front of a, a burning fiery furnace burning seven times more than the usual. 
and being asked to deny God, or you will be thrown into that fire. What keeps your faith in the face of that raging fire? What keeps you going forward in life when all the strength in you seems to suddenly disappear? Where do you draw the strength from to keep your faith firm in God in the face of such a great adversity? And there are times in life, church, when you are faced with such a great adversity that only and only God could rescue you. There are times in life when there is but only a step between you and death, as David said, and that your wit or wisdom is not enough to save you or to rescue you, but only and only God could do it. The Bible declares in in the book of Psalms, chapter 121, from verse 1 to 2, and I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. There are times in life when you would be watching and looking over into the hills and your help doesn't come from those hills but only from the Lord. So I ask again, what keeps, you, what keeps your faith firm in the face of a raging fire? And I want to share quickly three keys with you this morning from this story of uh, the three faithful men. And the Bible declares in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 12, and yes, there is a book called Ecclesiastes in the Bible. If you didn't know that, uh, if you've been in church for over 10 years and you didn't know that, um, maybe get in touch with Ian at the end of service. We might need to get you baptized again. Just kidding. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible reads, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So these three keys that I will share with you this morning are like a threefold cord to keep our faith from being broken in the face of adversity, whatever that adversity relates to in your life. And these three keys are easy to memorize. Here they are. Look back, look around, and look beyond. So those are the three keys. Look back. Look around, look beyond. So the first key is look back. When you are faced with an adversity in life, whatever that may be, and your faith is being tested, look back to see how God has previously rescued you from destruction. Look back to see how God delivered you, protected you, provided for you, forgave you, carried you through the challenges of yesterday. Remembering God's miraculous interventions in your yesterday is one of the foundations of faith for today. So looking back is about remembering the hand of God in your past life, and that will stir your faith. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood before that fiery furnace, it was not the first time that they found themselves in such a dire situation. 
Just a chapter before, in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, we read another account of how Daniel and his three friends were in, in, in great danger of being killed because the king had a dream and he was so uh, troubled about the dream. The story goes that the dream uh, had troubled the king so much that he sought its interpretation. All right, from, from the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. But the story doesn't end there. The king was so troubled by this dream that he wanted to get the correct interpretation of the dream. But then the problem for him was that he did not trust the sorcerers, the magicians, the astrologers, or the Chaldeans. All right, so what he did was he devised a mechanism. He gathered them all together, and he asked them to tell him the interpretation of his dream together with the dream itself. Because he thought if he told them the dream, the, the, the dream that they would carefully tiptoe around it and, and leave the king ever puzzled. You see, they could manufacture an interpretation just to get out of the situation. So the king told them nothing. So he just asked them to tell him the interpretation of the dream together with the dream itself. And of course, they were not able to meet that demand. And the king was furious, and he therefore decreed for all wise men in the land of Babylon to be killed. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were some of the wise men in the land who were ruling over some of the provinces, and they were about to be killed. But Daniel sought the king to give him some time and that he would tell the king his dream and the interpretation. And together with the three, the three friends, Daniel sought the face of the Lord and the Lord revealed that dream together with its interpretation to them. And that was how they were rescued in chapter two. So looking back, these three men see how they faced such a great adversity and how God had miraculously rescued them yesterday. It was a, a sticky situation, and there was no way they could have managed out of it without the God of heaven revealing the secret to them. All right? Let, let me demonstrate how dire the situation was. And let me give you an example. Now, I have written here in my, pad, in my iPad a number, okay? This number is between one and infinity. <laughs> Can you guess what that number is? 367. It's not, Gail. <laughs> Anyone else who would like to guess what that number is? 647. No, it's not it. <laughs> Anyone else? It's not seven. It's not one. Anyone from this side? Infinity is not a number. <laughs> Did you see how fun it is to play this game? How about if I say to you, I am King Nebuchadnezzar. Same question. You have one chance to get it right. If you don't, you're done. You are going to die. You are going to be killed. Your 
I am going to tell you the number. <laughs> but what if your life depended on that answer and you have one shot to get it? That was the situation for these boys. And bear in mind, they were not asked for a number. They were asked for a dream. A dream has a story. You have to get it right. If you're wondering, Cam, can you display the number? <laughs> that was the number, 900,765,839. And what are the odds of you getting that with one go? That, without exaggeration, church, was the situation for these three men. And it was not a number they were asked. It was a dream, and there was no way they could have escaped that situation without God's intervention. So when they look back, they look into how God miraculously rescued them from such a great challenge. Okay, Standing before that fire, they look back, and they see how God rescued them. And David declares in the book of Psalms 103, from verse 2 to 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Here, David is urging his soul to remember, to look back, and to reflect on how God has helped her yesterday. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So church, when we're faced with great adversities in life, one of the ways to keep our faith stirring is to look back and reflect how God has redeemed us and saved us yesterday. The second key is to look around. And that is one of the keys to standing firm when our, when our faith is tasted. And what do I mean by looking around? Now, thinking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and this is something that I have never thought about, but the Holy Spirit brought it to light as I was preparing this message. I reflected on the importance of surrounding yourself with people of faith. The three always stood together. You don't find a place in the book of Daniel where one of them is referred to individually. They're always referred to as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They always stood together. And how important is it to surround yourself with people of faith? When your faith is being tasted, how important is it that you have someone who believes, someone who encourages your faith standing next to you. Standing before that fiery furnace, the three stood shoulder to shoulder, speaking as one and confessing their faith in God with one voice. In verse 17 of chapter 3, they proclaimed to the king, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, Look at these words, our God, they're speaking with one voice, we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand. 
when you are traversing through the difficult terrains of life, look around. Who is walking beside you? Who do you surround yourself with? Are the people surrounding you people that strengthen your faith, or are they people that mock your faith? Surround yourself with Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednegos, with Daniels. Surround yourself with faith enablers. And be yourself a faith enabler towards other people. And that is why it's important when we gather together in church as a community centered on Christ, we enable each other's faith. When we lift up our voice together to pray for the sick among us, we enable faith. When we lift up our needs before God together, we strengthen faith. And when we carry each other's burden, we extend a lifeline to a dying faith. And when we encourage each other with the living word of God, we restore hope, and hope resurrects faith. So that's the second key. Look around. The third key is to look beyond. What do you see beyond the fire? The devil will always try to intimidate you with death and destruction as if he rules over life and death. But the devil, we know, is a liar. And he is the author of confusion. He is the author of lie. But our master, the Lord Jesus, has declared in the book of Revelations, chapter 1, from verse 17 to 18, Do not be afraid. I am the first. I am the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. So Jesus rules over life and death. And after his resurrection, one of the things that Jesus said was, Behold, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority now belongs to Jesus. Authority over your life, authority over your death, over authority over your destiny, authority over your marriage, authority over your health, authority over your finances, name it, whatever it is, authority belongs to Jesus. And without Jesus saying, nothing is going to happen. And not only that, Jesus has also defeated death. So as a believer in Christ and the eternal life which he has made a provision for, church, the devil can no longer intimidate a believer using death as a weapon. For those in Christ, death is no longer something to dread and be fearful of, but rather when the appointed time comes, it is our chariot into glory. My mother says this to us. She said that when she dies, she doesn't want us to mourn, but to be clothed in white clothes and sing a song of praise as we lay her down. And my mother also told me this testimony that in seasons of her life when, when she was tested with a life and death situation, what secured her faith in the end was looking beyond death and coming to the place where she proclaimed, like the Apostle Paul, Oh, death, where is your sting? Even if I die, 
I know where I'm going. So what do you see beyond the fire? Do you see death as the end, as the victor? Or do you see something else beyond the fire? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw something beyond the fire. Let's read verse 17 and 18 again. They proclaimed, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Then in verse 18 is where they look beyond the fire, and they say, but if not, even if God is not going to intervene to rescue us from this fire today, even if this is the end of our journey, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So church, beyond the fire is eternity with God. Do not allow the devil to torment you and scare you with death. Jesus has defeated death. So look back to stir your faith. Look around to strengthen it. And look beyond to unleash the power of faith. And these three keys will help us to navigate the challenging seasons of life. And I hope the Holy Spirit will imprint these three keys in our hearts and minds so that we remember to practice them. So that we remember to exercise them in our daily life. Can I call the band to come as we wrap up? Now, in closing, let's just read the rest of the chapter to see how the mighty hand of God was revealed yet again to rescue his faithful servants. So in verse 24, we continue to read, and it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. So this is after they were pushed into the fire. He was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Remember, they were bound and thrown. Three men. Now there are four men in the fire and all of them are loosed. The chains are broken and they are walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of the fire was not even on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's words 
and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own therefore i make a decree that any people nation and language which speaks anything amiss against god of against the god of shadrach meshach and abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made as ash heap because there is no other god who can deliver like this then the king promoted shadrach meshach and abednego in the province of babylon amen and that's how the story ends when we stand in faith all glory be to the lord amen <laughs>